Hey friends, and thank you for joining me today. I have a special guest here on the Creative Shop Talk podcast for you today as we continue our series with um, retail success stories. I have invited uh, Michelle Emmons from Vintage Me on. She is an Inner Circle member. She's a one-on-one client. We've been working together for a while, and I'm so excited that she said yes when I asked her to come on here and share her story with you. Michelle was determined um, to be profitable and she's running a beautiful business and when COVID hit as you know things kind of went sideways but she adapted her product line she adapted the way she served people she comes from a servant heart she's so um she's so caring about her client base and they see that they have been just amazing and she's been growing that through amazing events that she's going to share how she does events and they're not these big giant events and they're not sales and she's going to share how she's growing those she's learned to become a planner and plan ahead right we can't hope for success we have to plan for it and Michelle is a very good example of that she's educated herself on her numbers Um, she is just uh, you know and gotten better she wanted to know what numbers mattered so it's not top line revenue she knows that you know even though that matters you know we we talk a lot about all the other things and where to spend your money and she's just a, a um a wonderful person that I think will inspire you. And like every other retailer we've brought on and every other retail out there in the world, she has her ups and downs as well. And she's going to share some of that. Um, and, you know, she's been marketing a way that aligns and feels good for her. And it's just such a pleasure to have her on here. You're going to love Michelle Emmons from Vintage Me. So let's jump to, to it. But first, I want to let you know, I am uh, here with a really bad cold. And I'm just, you know, apologize in advance. Uh, came home from my conference with this horsey voice. And so I apologize for that. And there's a little bit of noise in the background with Michelle her dog was outside but yet it's still I think it picked up on the mic a lot so I just want to encourage you to just be okay with it be cool we're not fancy around here y'all know that right so um so you're going to the takeaways from Michelle and I cannot wait I would love for you to share with us any takeaways and share with a fellow retailer um if you take you know any takeaways just one thing that you might take away from this podcast episode today uh share with us leave a comment leave a review it would be so helpful and it would be helpful to a fellow retailer that might need some help as well too so either share the podcast or just share the knowledge one tip that you might pick up today share the knowledge is kind of the you know what we really want to do around here and spread the word that um, you know downtown retailers small independent retailers we are growing and we are a mighty force together so let's get on to the show and meet Michelle running a retail business doesn't have to be so hard welcome to the creative shop talk podcast the go-to podcast for creative shop owners studio owners and independent retailers i'm your host wendy batten retail business coach and mentor each week i'll share simple proven business strategies inspiring stories from fellow retailers and advice from industry experts Together, we're going to work to find the success you want from your retail business with more profits in your till and a little more joy in your life. So I have a treat today. I have a special guest for us. As I mentioned, Michelle Emmons is here from Vintage Me. I've been trying to get Michelle on the podcast for some time, uh, and I'm so excited to introduce her to you. 
all. Michelle has great, great stories to tell and has been just building her business. I'm so proud of her, if I can say that. And welcome, Michelle, to the podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm glad we tracked you down. (laughs) So Michelle, uh, Michelle is, uh, do you want to tell us a little bit about your shop and where you're located and how long you've been open? Just tell us a little bit about your business and your business journey. How did you get there? So um, I have a shop in Yakima, Washington State, which is right in kind of central Washington. And I've been open seven, almost seven and a half years. And inside my shop, I have a little cafe, which is run by my daughter. So we get to work together every day, which is real privilege. And um, you want a little bit about where I started? Yeah. So they, do you have a retail degree and you have all that, you know, tell, tell us how, how did you get into, how did you get into running Vintage Me? Well, it, it all started, um, I've always done crafty things. I I have no retail degree. <laughs> Just kind of grew up doing it. My mom did, my grandma did. So that's kind of what we did. Um, so then when I decided to be a stay-at-home mom, I have three children. That's what I did. I did crafty things that went to bazaars and did all kinds of things like that. I was uh, had a little booth in a what they called a crafter's mall here in town where I sold things out of. I mostly did like folk dolls. This was in the 90s, so they were big. So I did a lot of folk dolls. And I had my first shop which I bought from somebody um, already going and had that for about six years. And I learned a lot. I had employees, I had all kinds of things that I just really took a lot of lessons that now I use in my shop now. So when I closed that up, my kids were in high school and it wasn't making a ton of money. So it wasn't really worth keeping open. And we were busy. My kids were busy. We're doing sports, all that stuff. So I closed it. And ended up going into an antique mall because I can just never not do anything crafty or <laughs> anything like that. So um, anyway, then she closed and that was when I thought, you know what, I'm going to look for a space and started looking for a place. And that is how Vintage Me Boutique started. So can you share a little bit about what you sell? Because it's not just crafty things that you sell now. No. You've done a lot of a lot of shifts and we'll talk, you know, about some shifts that you've done over the last couple of years. But what are you selling? What are the pro what's the product suite? What are you selling right now? Well, yeah, I it started as paint lines and painted furniture. And now I don't even have paint anymore. I have this totally changed into a whole different thing. Um, I still like to infuse antiques into the shop. I like that look and I like to teach people how to blend old and new. I still have painted furniture, but I don't have time to do it. Um, and a lot of times I'm so attached to it, I can't sell it. <laughs> I have to keep it for display. But so now in the shop, it's more of a boutique. About a third of the shop is clothing, um, which is my bread and butter that started really during COVID because it was something easy to sell by doing Facebook Lives. And that just grew. And now I have a following on the clothing lines. And then about a third of it probably is um, just home decor. And then I do a lot of seasonal. So come the beginning of November, like the whole shop will switch over and it will be, except for the clothes, a lot of Christmas. Yeah. Which makes me nervous this year. (laughs) 
No, it's going to be all good. It's going to be great. So, so I've had the privilege and pleasure of working with you privately. We've been coaching together for a long time and you're a member of the inner circle. And I have been just so, um, you know, it's been so awesome watching you grow and evolve and building your clientele and your community. So can we go back to, um, to where a lot of people don't like to go back to <laughs> March of 2020. 2020. And I, I mean, I remember, I mean, we all remember where we were then, but can you speak a little I, bit to how you were feeling then and the steps you did? Cause you did some big things that, you know, at that time to shift your business. Well, that was soon after that, I found you and that kind of shifted a lot of it. But so when we had to close down for the first, uh, flat the curve closing, I did my first Facebook live. I am literally holding my camera or my phone out in front of my face. You can see it when you go back. It's still on my Facebook page. You can see it shaking and you can see me just, I don't know what to do. I just like everybody else, you know, we don't know what's going to happen. We're scared. We don't know what our business is going to happen, what's going to happen to our business. Um, but then I just said, you know what? I can do this. And I have a great support system with my husband and my kids. Allie did end up closing down the cafe for about six months. So it was a really lonely time for me because I was so used to having her there and I was used to having customers. But I went to um, Facebook Lives and we would sell clothes. And then I would make appointments for people to come in and pick them up one at a time so that we could keep everybody safe. And that really just kind of that kept me going. And that the other thing that that did for me is it got me a very loyal clientele. And I learned people's names, which I'm not very good at, but um, when you're working with people one-on-one, you remember their names. Right. And um, so it really bonded me to a lot of people, a lot of my customers that are still really awesome customers today. So, and then I found Wendy and she taught me a bunch. <laughs> well, thank you. I know. So I have to, I have to laugh because I think one of the first conversations that we had, you said, I'm, I'm here doing all the things and I'm successful despite myself. I didn't, you know, you didn't know, you didn't have a strategy in place. I don't think so for, to see where the numbers were going and all of that. So I know that we've, you've worked really hard on that. Um, I've just been hanging on to your hand, watching you, watching you. <laughs> well, on that note, so I, I think just to pull that out a little tiny bit, we all did a lot of hard things during right during the shutdowns. It's so funny because I forgot about the term flatten the curve because that seemed like so long. Anyway, that was like everybody had a different term. And anyhow, so you did so so many brave things too. I just want to shout out. And I know so many listeners, um, you know, we tried new things. And so Facebook Lives were a new thing for you. And you were just like, you know, I remember watching because you said, I, I don't know if I'm doing these right. I'm like, I'm just doing it. You just got on and you were just all Michelle. You know, here's what here's how it is. Here's what we're doing. We need your help as to the customers, which I thought was really amazing. And so your customers did show up and you've been building a really strong, beautiful community. I've been lo- like, I love what you've been doing with your community. Um, so a couple of things on that. Can you share what do you find like? How have you been building your community? Do you want to share that with us a little bit? I know events are a big thing for you and your people and um, and how you're how you're growing that community. Can you give us some strategy or tips on that? So, yeah, you learn a lot about what people respond to. And we've talked about this before where you name an event, you post it and they'll show up. 
It could be the silliest of events and they will show up. They love events. My customers just, just love when I do that. Um, the thing that I think that I've learned most during all this of what I've learned a lot that does not come naturally to me and that I get that I learned through Wendy is just to be more organized. Creative people tend to be, uh, we have a million things going on in our head at all times. And so I've learned how to narrow that down how to say, this is my plan for today. This is my plan for this week. This is my plan for a month. This is my plan for a quarter. And when you do that, you can take your, all of these events and get them on paper. And I'm still, the one thing I'm still working on is not putting the event, posting the event. I generally do it the Sunday before the next weekend, um, where I know that I could have those all ready to go and just put them down. But I, that's the one thing I still procrastinate on, but just getting it all planned out helps tremendously. Even down to the next day, I have a post-it every day that I leave, that I write before I leave, of the top three things I'm doing the next day. And for me, with my scatterbrain, that really helps a lot. So, yeah, the whole event thing has just been huge for us. I try to have at least two a month. They're generally on weekends. Sometimes they're a week-long event. But, but yeah, my daughter and I have been sitting down with the uh, next quarter and planning out. Um, and like in November, of course, we have an event every weekend. It seems like an ongoing event the whole month, actually. <laughs> so, yeah. There's there's a few things that you do that I know that we worked on. And this was, again, like you said, it wasn't natural to be. So I love, A, that you're now doing a 90-day plan. I see you. I know you always have your quarterly plan in place. And that includes events. It includes goals. You set goals for your quarters financially and, you know, product wise and product mix. So that's really amazing. Um, and I know that doesn't come natural to most. It didn't come natural to me. I always feel like a little bit guilty when I teach that because, you know, it doesn't come natural. It's a learned habit, right? So, but it makes life so much easier on, and I, and I've seen the success you've had with it, your events. Um, and I, and I do laugh because we, I do joke and I teach, you know, give it a name and they'll show up and you've excelled at that and your people have followed and it's, they've been growing. Um, a couple of things that you do that I would love for you to share a, a, a little bit more on, or if you can speak to, when you say events, you do not mean sales, right? No. Can you give us an example of a couple of events that you do? Um, and, and I know you don't do sales. Your people don't care about sales. So what does that mean for your people? Uh, well, I laugh because my last event was a sale. Oh. Um, well, okay, we do sales occasionally, but you don't. It's the end of um, it's the end um, summer season. I need the racks and I need to clearance out my clearance. So I did a big fifty percent off the last third price, and people love that and they come in for that. But yeah, I I have learned um, in the past couple of years, like um, when we do big events like our anniversary event, I would put a little sale table together, just a clearance table. And nothing would sell off it. So I learned that's not what my customers are there for. And so I, I quit even doing clearance. We kind of pull things that we're going to clearance to the side. And we'll just do a big, almost a yard sale um, event for that kind of thing. But the things that have done really well 
have been, of course, anniversary events, open houses. Every season we do at least one open house. We did a fall open house and now we're working on one for October that will be, um, I don't know, we're trying to name it some sort of a pumpkin harvest event. And it'll be almost the same thing as what we did for the fall open house event. It will just be fall. Um, but what I do with that, the simple, simple things I do with that is we'll have hot cider and cookies that I've bought. I don't even like make my own and, um, and I do a door prize and generally it's stuff that, you know, you kind of want to give away anyway. So that works really, I mean, they come in just for that, but really they just want, I, I find women really want an excuse to go out and go shopping. And so when they see an event, <laughs> they're totally like, cool. oh, yeah. Vintage Bay is doing the thing today. We're going to go down there. Yeah. Um, probably the most unusual event we've done so far that was a hit that was really fun. And we're doing two events this season is um, we did the Mother's Day Tea Party. We got out the china and the cups and slashers and the silver plate uh, coffee pots. And, and we just made it very tea light. It wasn't like high tea because we... Um, it wasn't quite as fancy as that, but it was fancier than what they're used to. And what I did that was sort of unusual was I sold tickets to it. And then they picked, like we had tables of two all the way up to one table had seven. So they came with their friends. They bought tickets to it ahead of time for $20, but then I included a $20 gift card with it. So really they were coming for free and all of them Use their $20 gift card and spent a ton of money above it. Right. So I, I came away going, that was a smart thing to do. It got them started shopping yeah. after they had a lovely morning of visiting and having tea and coffee cake and fruit. And, um, and it was just, it was a lot of fun and that was well worth it. So we're doing a friend's giving tea and we are doing a Christmas tea. Yeah. I think those are great ideas. I mean, that cost you tea and snacks, which it would have cost, you know, open houses usually have some kind of price tag. Um, so it's been really fun watching you come up with ideas to get your people in. And again, not in a, it's not costing you a fortune. These events, people blaze over when I say you have to have an event um, every, you know, every couple of weeks, especially during fourth quarter, I feel it's really important, but it's about keeping your people feeling happy and coming back over and over, which you do so well. The other thing that you do with events really well that I'm really proud of you for, and I and I love that you do, is you keep track of your events. Um, you document what you're doing. You document advertising and you document what worked and what didn't work. And we're already seeing you able to rinse and repeat that, right? So we're not reinventing the wheel every season, every event. Like you've been you've been doing this for, I think, since we've been working together a couple of years. Um keeping track, you know, even the weather. I know we've discussed this, like, you know, it was like a really stormy day or it was a really hot day or whatever. So how has that helped you uh, refine and optimize your, your events? Is it, is it, do you like that part of it or do you, do you have any tips to share with everybody? It's, it really does help because there's a lot of times I'll go, oh, I forgot about that. I forgot that we did that or added that to the event. Or um, the other thing that I want to say about events is for me, I want to, I want my customers to know how much I appreciate that. Yeah. 
And so my events, I try to include that. I just, I like them to be special. I, some of them, I mean, all, not all of my events are about that, but I really do try to do some things that make my customers feel special. But now I forgot your question. <laughs> no, just how you're, you know, how you're doing, oh, the how are you optimizing every event, making them better and better, which I, I have watched you do, you know, and some things are like events didn't work. You're like, how come, you know, we kind of question, we pull out, why didn't it work? Well, I didn't advertise it or I did advertise. People just didn't care about that or whatever, but you are really, you are the queen of making your people feel special. You do hand, you call people, you use the phone, <laughs> you know, you hand write notes to people, but you do make your people feel special. So do you want to share a few other little tips? And, I, and those events do come from your heart. I mean, I know it, right? So, yeah. So, and I tried to start to become more organized about that where, so my, my first retail background is um, I manage for Nordstrom. So at Nordstrom, we have a customer book. And it has everything about the customers in it. And so when something comes in that you think they'll like, you can just give them a call or you could drop them a note. In those days, this was in the 80s, we did a lot of handwritten notes. And um, so I have recently come up with a sheet and I'm, having, and I'm getting more diligent about asking people to fill it out so that I have their information in a book so that I'm not looking for that post-it note that I wrote that lady's phone number on that... Uh, you know, to let her know that her shacket came in or whatever. So doing that has been really helpful. And people love a note in the mail. It, it's unheard of. I mean, it's nice to send a text. It's nice to send an email thanking people. But there's just something above and beyond that people feel special about getting a note in the mail because we just don't do it anymore. And so try, I'm trying to be more um, regular on that, trying to get that. Um, but anything you do like this, just make, anything you can do to make people feel special brings them back to you. Yeah, they remember I, you. Yeah, you're really good at that. I really love it. So, so how are sales now? How do you feel about things? Are you are you open to sharing a little bit? I mean, how? So in the you know in the last year or so, I've watched you do all these events, and how has that? turned into because I know it's not been easy you want to share a little bit about the um you know the events of the last year even have been have been strange and hard and ups and downs so the road to being a CEO is not always easy you want to share some of the highs and lows with us a little bit well it's it's been interesting um especially the past couple of years and but I thrived during COVID I didn't thrive uh, I thrived because I worked hard at it and Wendy's helped me to be able to say that out loud. <laughs> I didn't want to lose my business. I wanted to keep it going. And I knew that I would have to go after customers to do that because people were scared. So we get through that. And now we have an economy that we're unsure of. And so I try to remind myself on days that aren't so busy that we, this is how we felt when COVID started and you drive through it. So um, unknown is always scary, but retail is a gamble. It's always a gamble. Everything you buy, you're, you're guessing whether a customer will like it and buy it or whether you're going to be lose the money on it because you got to clearance it and get it out of there. And so I just, 
And part of that is what I enjoy about it. But yeah, so I'm trying to keep a really positive outlook on the unknown fourth quarter that's coming up because I have so much Christmas. Our Christmas last year was so good that I bought for this year even a little bit more anticipating an even bigger year because, you know, we're supposed to grow every year. So I'm a little nervous about it, but um, it will be fine. And this business has been fine. This past September has been crazy good. Um, the summer was slow, but summers are slow in where we are. People go on vacation. They do things with their kids. It's just a little slower. And I've been holding my own. And that's that, you know, I keep saying, if I could do what I did last year, I need to be happy with that because people are nervous about you know, filling their gas tanks up and going to the grocery store. So I've been holding my own all year. And then this month, it feels like a turn to corner and people are just ready to just buy and move on with their life. And we'll just deal with things as they come kind of attitude. I, I truly believe, I truly believe like your, so your customer base already is up over last year. I mean, your growth of your customer base, <laughs> this is a mini coaching session here, friends. Now. So, so you know, when we need to tell ourselves, you know, the worst case scenario is we can mark it all down at cost and get our money back. Like, you know, if that's not, you know, the yeah. worst case, but we can clear out. I don't think you're going to need to do that. I think you've made the right decisions based on, you know, your gut and your numbers, right? Like, you know, we need a little bit of both, right? You, you know, we have to trust our gut. We also have to look at the numbers, which is something that you do regularly. I know you look at the numbers, we set goals, you know, we're, you're diligent and, you know, you know how much foot traffic you need, you know, your numbers, if you're up or down and it's, you know, that's, that's a big thing. So again, give yourself some kudos. Um, and right now you're, you're, you're up in your percentages. You're, you're again, your customer foot traffic is up, um, which is wonderful. That's always wonderful. We need those new people coming in and, um, and Michelle does amazing things to get Word of mouth, and y'all know I don't like just saying word of mouth. Word of mouth comes from the actions that we take, right? In store and in advertising. Michelle, you do a lot of advertising um, in that you have an ad that runs. I love this. It works for you. You've tested it. We know what works. Radio ads didn't work. Didn't work. Right. So Michelle makes a habit of asking customers where they, you know, how they found her. So what is, what's working for you in, in a track strategy? We call them attract strategies in our world, right? And as you know, and uh, maybe new listeners don't know that, but what's the, what are attract strategies that are working for you? I didn't ask you this earlier, but <laughs> I know that you, you know what's working because you ask your new people. How did they find you? Yeah. And a lot of it is um, more and more and more word of mouth. I do run a commercial. I found, well, this lady came into me, my, my ad gal, and it was... One of those things where she said, we, I always thought TV ads were going to be expensive. Yeah. She said, we'll take what you can afford to spend and we will do the best we can with it. And so I have a monthly budget that I spend doing advertising. And in fact, this summer when it got slow, we, we cut it back a little bit. Um, and, but these people will come in whenever I want them to cut a new ad. They are just wonderful to work with. She gets me on um, by the news, which is what we've learned has been what gets my my demographic in. Um, so yeah, the that has been doing really well. That is honestly the only advertising I pay for. Um, everything else I do a lot of Facebook. 
So when I get that ad, that gets pinned to the top of my Facebook page. So I not only people who um, see it on TV, but many of us who don't really watch TV, I've never seen my ad on TV because I don't watch local channels. Um, they get to see it on my Facebook page and and comment on it. And I always get really nice comments. So that has been money worth spending. Uh, People are coming in going, I saw your ad. I need to come in and see what you're all about. And, you know, and every time I used to get kind of sad when people would come in, look around and leave. And I try to tell myself, well, it wasn't really their cup of tea. And now I've really changed that attitude to it's not something they need today. So as they leave, I always say, well, now you kind of know what's here. And, you know, if you ever need a gift, we do gift wrapping. And they'll go, oh, yeah, I'll be back. So, you know, and maybe it wasn't their cup of tea and maybe they won't be back, but you kind of have left them with a good feeling. Yeah. And, and that's kind of always my goal to just leave people as they're leaving with, with a good feeling and that, you know, then they remember that and they'll think, oh yeah, I should go back down there and get a gift or, yeah. Well, you're genuine, you are genuinely, um, caring about your every customer that walks through you don't look at every customer and I know this just you know again from working with you and I know your customers know this just from knowing your regulars they know I mean just even some of the things that you've shared here today so there's a really big lesson for everybody right so don't dismiss the person that comes in and just looks around and leaves or don't and I've heard you say this before don't dismiss people that you think might not be your customers so you know and talk to them and and I love you know again uh, Michelle is very diligent in paying attention to what's working and what's not working, right? Like the ads or the, you know, and, and we're going to post, we'll post your ad if I can, I'll try to share the, uh, the ad, the, yeah, on your Facebook page, but we'll share all that on our, uh, show notes so that people can go see, cause it's beautiful. It's always beautiful. Um, your ads, they do a great job. They do a really nice job. And it's a great feature to have on your podcast or on your Facebook page as well, too. Um, so thank you for coming in today. I want to, I want to value your time. I know you have a busy day ahead. Um, it's a busy, it's a busy time of the year, but what's coming up? What are you most excited about for the fourth quarter coming up here for Vintage Me? I am excited about getting Christmas set up. We've started, um, mapping out where the furniture, I do a big move for, for this and, and I organize it by look and um, the furniture that goes with that look. So Allie and I have already sat down and kind of mapped out where what pieces were moving. Because um, that'll start now. Um, our Christmas open house is always first weekend in November. Um, so yeah, it, I am most excited about just getting it set up. That whole ta-da when they walk in um, to Christmas open house that first morning is always the highlight of my year. I, I love that. It's a lot of hard work. It's, it used to be about three days of setup. And last year it was about a week and a half. And, um, and we only closed one day of that. So we're doing this before and after just kind of getting things um, organized and sort of set up. And then we close one day and finish it. This year I am going to have to hire um, a couple of people to come in and help set it up, which is going to be hard for me because I'm such a I'm creative control freak. So, but they'll, it'll just be helpful having people, just the extra hands, getting things out of boxes, getting things on trees. And, you know, we can always adjust later. 
Right. That's a that's a great point. See, and you actually do plan that out. I mean, I've seen your plans on paper and, you know, it's it's always it's always a great year. I just want to mention um, you've heard Michelle say a few times about her daughter, Allie. But Michelle, you also it's a, it's a true family. Uh, I know everybody in your family, not everybody. I know everybody in your family helps just like everybody probably listening. But your uh, granddaughter also is a really intricate part. And I love that. You've got three generations. Um, uh, Ava works as well with you. Um, She's how old now? She's she is going to be fifteen next month. We have a quinceanera. I'm so excited for that. It's going to be so fun. She has planned this out, and oh my goodness, the details in this is crazy. And yes, she's she's fifteen. Yeah, so she's really helpful. Your customers know her. I love it. Like you know, we show. um, You know, like I feel like I know Eva just from watching your Facebook lives, and so it's just kind of nice to see the whole generational thing happening. And to me, that's what small shop and independent shops are all about. You know, and that's what that's what your customers see as well too. They see that you're, you know, you're not just um, we're not just the big corporations selling widgets. We're a family running a family, you know, running a family business. And so uh, hats off to you for doing it so well and being so diligent. And I do know, and I, this is for everybody listening, but, you know, um, Michelle made it a conscious decision, not just to wing it anymore. Like, right. Like you just, you're like, I'm going to make this work. And I know you've been working really hard and you go against your natural habits of, for a lot of us about being a planner and, you know, planning ahead and looking at the numbers that are always awkward to look at and being, so you've done such a good job. And I just want to shout out to anybody else listening that, you know, even if you don't feel that comes natural, um, if you're determined like Michelle to, to, to see the success, you know, taking those steps and being intentional about it. Um, you know, we can have all the best customer service, but if our numbers aren't working or our inventory mix, like you've been taking risks and um, not risk, like <laughs> you're not going crazy, but you have been using your intuition and listening to your customers to change up your product line. So you're getting your creative groove on now by doing all these beautiful merchandising. And, you know, you might not be selling that and you have evolved your business. And I think it's okay for us all to think about how we're evolving our business like Michelle has done, right? Like you've, you know, you started off as one thing and it's been evolving, but that's because of your needs and your customers' needs, right? Well, and paying attention. Yeah, paying attention to those numbers. What am I selling the most of? Um, you know, and now I shift from um, what, what I spend my money on. Right. You know, now, the, so this is selling. This is what I want to invest in. Right. Yeah. So a funny story on that. And a side note is one of the first times Michelle went, I think you went to the market and and we had talked budgets and you were like, I never go with a budget. I just buy, you know, (laughs) so we were, it was a real, it was, I'm just very like, it's very proud of you. And, you know, didn't you were like, I'm sticking to it. You knew what you needed to buy so that you could sell. Anyway, that's a whole other podcast. We could talk about inventory control, but you know, that was really, uh, there's just, you know, we just have to keep doing hard things. And so I want to thank you for coming on here today. As we wrap up, one thing you'd want retailers to um, take away from all of this, uh, if, they, if, they've, if they've stopped listening, we want them to come back. And what's one <laughs> thing, one lesson that you would like to share with fellow retailers that are listening? Um, well, I have a sign behind my um, desk that actually people ask to buy all the time. I have a gal, I kind of forget about it every once in a while. And then um, I had a gal yesterday say, I want to buy that sign. I'm like, oh, sorry, not for sale. But it says, act like a lady, think like a boss. So that's sort of what, you know, I just, I want everyone to think of me as being really kind and friendly and fun, but I know that I need to in my CEO days 
and all that stuff, I need to think like a boss or I'm not going to still be here. So. Oh, that is such a great, and you do, you think like, but you've got your CEO hat firmly on my friend. I'm so proud of uh, the opportunities to be able to work with you. So thank you. There's a merchandising idea for you. You should be selling those hats. Well, <laughs> so I have the hats. I have one sitting here behind me. <laughs> those hats. So see, Michelle's always, always thinking about you. <laughs> we'll have to talk about that. I'll have to get, I'll have to get somebody else. To sell those for me. All right, my friend, thank you so much for joining us today. We are going to, uh, well, what's the best place? Do you want us to send everybody to your website, to your, where should Facebook we? Facebook page. Your Facebook page. And you can check out her ad and you can check out her lives. You can see Ava helping her and <laughs> Cafe and all her, of her past events are all still, you know, a lot of them are still live there as well too. So you'll see. And uh, you will see the comments from her lovely clientele as well too. I always love reading all your clients comments and they all talk to each other it's so wonderful i love seeing communities being built through shops so thank you my friend we'll see you soon and we'll make sure we have all your information and details on the show notes so thanks michelle thank you well that's it for this week's episode of the creative shop talk podcast I'm so glad that you're here to join us this week and I hope you found value in what we're sharing here. I want to remind you that our website has all of the show notes. You can find it at wendybatten.com slash podcast. Everything that you need to hear about today's podcast is there. Also an opportunity if you need to reach out to me. If I can support you in any way whatsoever, please feel free to reach out. So thanks for joining us. Please leave a review, subscribe if you can, and never miss an episode. We hope to see you back here again next week. Thanks, my friend. Have a great week. Bye.